This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you once again for joining us as we journey through Quadragesimo Anno, the encyclical 1931 that was written by Pope Pius XI as a 40-year follow-up to Rerum Novarum by Pope Leo XIII. Have you ever walked through a cornfield? Growing up in Indiana, I had my fair share of walking through cornfields, and it can be quite disorienting. Being from Indiana, my friends and I would play hide-and-seek in cornfields, and the corn appears to be planted in straight rows, which it is, but once you get a good ways into the field, good luck figuring out where you are. And life is a lot like a cornfield. It can consist of a disorienting maze of confusion causing you to lose your way. Suddenly, in the trials of life, you find yourself focused more on survival than on what your real purpose is. And Pope Pius XI speaks of something very important in the matter of social justice. And that is, what is the true purpose and boundaries of the church and the temporal affairs of mankind, and what is our real and supreme goal in life? One of the things that the Pope talks about is unjust wages. And let's just think about this list for a moment. Unjust wages, sex trafficking, racism, domestic violence, war, famine, natural disasters, and other problems in the world that can cause us, if we allow it, to forget what we are even doing here. And the Pope reminds us that the church has a certain reason for existence, and that it cannot go beyond the boundaries of that existence. And he reminds us of why we are all here individually, and that we should not get so focused on temporal issues that we forget the eternal. So today we're going to study paragraphs 40 through 43 in Quadragesimo Anno, and see what the Pope has to say in this next section. By the way, church authority, private property, just wages, worker associations, again, are the theme of this podcast. And he begins by showing us what uh, the church's place is in the world. Now, in paragraph 40, he states that many have misunderstood Rerum Navarum from Pope Leo XIII, and this has led sometimes to not so peaceful ends. And he also states that new developments have arisen in the world and that necessitates us to think how to more clearly apply what Pope Leo XIII said in the encyclical. You know, we often get stuck in our ways, don't we? We like the comfortable, 
the same old. We complain about it, complain about being bored, whatever, but we still stick to the same old a lot of times. But Pope Pius Thirteenth is remind, or Pope Pius XI, rather, is reminding us that it is good and productive to stop once in a while and assess the situation and see what halftime adjustments we need to make. Yeah, I love football, and uh, it's interesting to watch teams that they can appear to be playing one point way in the first half of a game and in the second half of the game. It's like a completely different team. Why? Because at halftime, the coach sees how the team's been playing, sees what patterns the other team has been developing. He makes just adjustments at halftime. And basically what Pope Pius XI is doing here is he's seen what was happening in 1891 when Rerum Navarum was released, and then he sees what's happening in 1931 in his day, and he makes, so to speak, halftime adjustments for the church. Now, he makes a few points in paragraph 41 that I want to point out. And the first point he makes is that the church has authority on earth. I think one of the evidences that the church has authority on earth, even in a materialistic, atheistic society like ours, is that it's interesting that the church gets picked on a lot by the media. The Catholic Church does. Why don't the, you know, a lot of the Protestant denominations get picked on? Because it's the Catholic Church that has authority, and people just somehow subconsciously know it is the Catholic Church that has authority. I think it's fascinating that the media makes a big deal out of who the new Pope is. You know, when we're choosing a Pope and everybody's waiting for the white smoke to come out of the chimney there at the Vatican... And when that happens, it's worldwide news. Why does the world care in such an atheistic, materialistic mindset? Why does the world care who the next Pope of the Catholic Church is? Because I think as humans, it is in our psyche that we know that the Catholic Church has authority on earth. And so the Pope Pius XI points this out here in paragraph 41. This encyclical seeks to explain more clearly what was said in Rerum Navarum, but first it has to be understood that the church has been given authority by God to speak information and guide the world on social and economic issues. Second point he makes is that the church was not given the command by God to lead the world in temporal issues, but rather in the eternal. Now I want to expound on this a little bit. He's going to be showing us, the Pope is, that the church has uh, a moral authority on earth. And in that moral authority is this teaching that we're called to love one another. And we're called to serve one another. And the church teaches that all are made in the divine image. However, the church has boundaries around that. So the church's boundaries is that the church can speak into these temporal issues of just wages and workers' rights and socialism, communism, capitalism, and so on. The church can certainly speak into these things from its standpoint of moral authority on earth, but what the church cannot do is take the lead. What Meaning that the church can't take over a nation 
and force that nation to uh, impose that moral authority. So for uh, maybe a silly example, but an example is that the Pope can speak to the United States on what the moral teachings of God are in creation concerning abortion, so to speak, for an example. But the Pope cannot become the president of the United States and then force the United States to follow that moral teaching, you see. So what Pope... Pius XI is doing is setting the boundaries and reminding people the church has authority on earth and its authority is to speak God's words to the world. And it can speak into these issues of just economies and all these things. But what it can't do is impose. Rather, it is the church's job to speak to the nations but it is the leaders and peoples of those nations to take those words and put them into practice. So everybody's got their role to play. And I love that clarification by Pope Pius XI. The third point he makes in paragraph 41 is that it is unlawful, that is according to God's law, it is unlawful for the church to get involved in temporal and social issues unless there is a clear reason to do so. So the church is not going to randomly speak on an issue. Some people wondered, why is the Catholic Church silent on this issue or that issue? Or some people get upset when the Catholic Church does speak on a particular issue. But why does it feel random? It's not because it is random. It's because, as Pope Pius XI brings out, that the church has not been called by God to get involved in these temporal and social issues unless there is an absolutely clear reason to do so. Now, the people of the church can. The people, you know, Mother Teresa could get involved in the issues in India around lepers and the disabled. Uh, Certainly we see, you know, there's Catholic politicians. But the church as a whole has to be careful to, again, be the leader leading authority on earth for eternal issues because if the church gets too wrapped up in the temporal then it loses focus of the eternal and the church must always be reminding the people of the earth and the nations that there is something higher than a good paycheck or good benefits there's something higher than owning a house something higher than whatever you fill in the blank. The main goal of humans is to return to God. As St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us, we came from God, we're returning in the process of returning to God. And that's our goal. That's our real purpose. So really we use our wages and we use our private property and so on, as Pope Leo XIII reminds us, we use them for eternal purposes, not for temporal purposes. The fourth point that Pope Pius XI brings out in this paragraph is that the church cannot withhold her right and authority to be involved in leading the world in God's moral law. So if the church does speak into something and does take the lead on moral issues, the church must not hold back. And it can be tempting. It can be tempting for the Pope. It can be tempting for the bishops. It can be tempting for priests. And it can be 
tempting for people like you and I to not speak and take the lead on an issue out of fear. And so, you know, Pope Leo 13 or the 11th was alive as Hitler began to rise into power. And I read a book recently called the Popes in the Holocaust about how Pope Pius XI and his successor, Pope Pius XII, how they handled the Holocaust in Germany. And, you know, the Pope Pius XII, you know, Hitler wanted to assassinate him and tried to assassinate him. Nazi soldiers were surrounding the Vatican and Pope Pius XII did not back down. Why? Because a moral and eternal issue was at stake. And the church, he knew, could not back down from this, could not back down from Hitler and his cohorts. And so if the church finds itself, your local parish, you as an individual, if you find yourself in a situation where you must take the lead in a, a social issue out of pure necessity, then take the lead. You can't hold back because God expects the church to take the lead in these moral issues. And then his final point in this paragraph is that the church must act within its boundaries by not getting involved in technique, but rather with guidance on God's moral law. So what the Pope is saying is here's the guidance, but we're not going to tell you how to do it. You hear that with Pope Francis a lot. Pope Francis will speak on an issue, and but he won't tell you how to do it. Now, he may give some suggestions like in, in Laudato Si', his uh, uh, encyclical on taking care of the environment. He speaks a lot about the moral laws around the environment. But as far as technicalities of it, he doesn't get so involved. Why? Because the church's job is to, to be the lead, the head. But it's up to us to get the techniques worked out because you're dealing with different societies and different ways of understanding, different cultures. So you take the church's moral teaching and figure out how do we apply it to our culture. So the way it works is that God gives the church the authority to lead the world in disseminating his moral law, and then the church entrusts that to wise people, the how-tos of carrying out that moral law. For example, the economies. The church is not going to tell a nation which economy to practice. Now, it may speak against, you know, warn the world of communism and warn the world of socialism and unfettered capitalism, but it's not going to impose on those nations those things. That's up to the wise people of that nation to figure all that out. Now, paragraph 42. Paragraph 42 is a very profound paragraph. It should be repeated in the public spheres of conversation, and I'm not kidding. I think in conversations around social justice and conversations around, you know, the, these public conversations we have, I think paragraph 42 of Quadragesimo Anno should be part of that conversation because he states that the economic sciences and the moral sciences are two separate spheres Yet they are not so distinct, he says, that they do not rely on each other. 
The economic scientists need the moral scientist and vice versa. And I would say that this would apply in the medical sciences and the sciences of astronomy and so on. We have done ourselves a disservice in modern society by removing the church from the discussion. The church has been given authority by the creator to speak to these issues of morality and healthcare, astronomy, whatever science you can think of. And Pope Francis has said this numerous times that the church needs the scientific professionals and the scientific professionals needs the church. So he says, we, we cannot separate the moral sciences from the economic sciences. They rely on each other. And we can see in places like Russia, China, and other nations, when you separate the moral from the economic, the disaster that happens. As Pope Pius XI reminds us, it is not enough to know the what of economic life, but the why as well. What? Capitalism. But why capitalism? Why did God even establish economies to begin with among humans? And if we can answer, like truly answer the question of why God even established economies among humans, then we can understand what that economy should be. So with this capitalism, we ask ourselves, does capitalism, especially as our nation is practicing it, does that fit within the eternal moral law of God? Does it help humans get to heaven? Does it make saints? Does it help us to become more obedient to God's laws? So to know more about just economies, I encourage you to talk to my friends at the Simone Vey Catholic Worker House in Portland. They're working out just economies and they're part of the world. Now, paragraph 43. So he states in paragraph 43, the Pope does, that the absolute only purpose for us as humans is to seek the eternal and to attain to the eternal end for which we are here, which is God. God is our goal. Therefore, in economic discussions, we need to seek the end, thus understanding why the economy, again, even exists. Here's a hint. You ready for this? No economy exists for us to make money. Rather, the economy is an opportunity for us to become saints. So when we are involved in the economy each day, it is an opportunity for us to practice loving one another, practice being just to one another, and practice being humble towards one another, seeking to meet each other's needs, not my own needs. In other words, to create a world that glorifies God. Therefore, as the Pope brings out here, when we truly understand the truly eternal reasons of it all, then the proper economies will fall into place. And the reason why we have the mess we have is because we believe that economies exist for the temporal purposes of making money, money, money. There's an age-old joke about the man driving and getting lost, but refusing to ask for directions. Well, we have completely lost our way in the economies of the world. 
It is time to stop and ask the church for directions. Don't be afraid to ask the church for directions as you seek to create a just economy right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.